Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. Around 20 to 4 yesterday afternoon, in the 10th minute of the All-Ireland Final, Kilkenny's own Cody pounced on a loose ball and fired it to the back of the Limerick net a few miles away, around Inchicore direction. A gangly gale found himself involuntarily jumping off his couch. Really? Punching the air in celebration. And in that moment, Kieran Murphy's metamorphosis from Kilkenny basher to Kilkenny lover was complete. Welcome to Monday's Second Captain's Pod. Owen here with the gangly gale himself. <laughs> Hey Murph. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Is it better than Gallads? I think it might yeah, be. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I, well, it's I, less likely to catch on because yeah, it's not exactly. as good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a far less entertaining nickname. For, so it will not. Yeah. It's, it's lived and let's died go in without that out there. Yeah, yeah let's go with that then. Hey, on, how are you? Why do you think you reacted like that, Murph? Oh, just the love of a contest, Owen, I think, more so than anything else. You sure. Sure, there might have been a bit more in it. It's okay to look at Kenny Cody's. Well, Brian I mean, Cody's gone now. It's okay, to, it's okay to like them. It's not just to, uh, uh, enough to say that it's okay to like. like there, literally, there's nothing to dislike about this Kilkenny team other than the jersey that they wear. I mean, literally everything else about them is unbelievably likable, mm-hmm. uh, g- uh, given their uh, max out their own ability. They, they, you know what you're going to get with them. They're just, they're brilliant. They're, they're top class. But I mean, I have to say it did it did give me pause on a personal level yeah. given I did spend about 20 years there just oh anyone but Kilkenny Jesus why will you die I should be congratulating Ken here well done Ken Thanks, four in a row yeah for your boys five out of six as well though. yeah that's nice nicely done would you say Limerick are now the greatest team of all time I'm going to ask Malachi and Jamie this well, three teams of course as you know Ken have done the four in a row don't need to tell you that well, they're the first to do do it in the modern age, though. It was Kilkenny not the modern age in the noughties? The Celtic Tiger. <laughs> is that not the modern? I think this century is the modern age. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I think the modern era began for Ken with the Great Recession of right. 2010. Well, the, the you know the modern era of of like athleticism, you know, players taking the game really seriously, <laughs> living <laughs> living like monks. <laughs> Uh, it's the first, oh, you know. Wow. Ev- everyone's everyone's wow. done that. The arms race, you know, has taken it to that that stage of competitiveness, and, and Limerick are the first team to to dominate in this uh, in this manner. Mm. I mean, Cork, I noticed, were strong during the emergency. Yeah, nineteen forties. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they uh, living living off live, living off the fat of the land, while while the rest of us <laughs> live from hand to mouth. I Galway would have given them a good game in 1943, but most of them collapsed with exhaustion yeah. from the cycle up. Hammering increasingly um, malnourished, uh, exhausted, <laughs> and undersized opponents. <laughs> that was when Cork. Uh, that was when Cork were the top dogs. But you know, so I, I think it's. I think it's great. You know, and I think they've they've held up a, a model really for everyone else to follow. 
if we could all just find a millionaire to pay for everything. But what exactly is going, you know, I don't understand. There was a lot, there was a lot of J.P. McManus. There was. There was more so than ever before. And what, you know, where's the Erling Haaland that J.P. McManus has, has bestowed on Limerick, you no, know? They're just, they've just gotten their house in order, Ken, is how we like structures. to put it. Structures. Structures. A lot of structures. Academies. Yeah, I think it's I think structures or something that can be emulated. Yeah. I'm finding it hard to hate Limerick, I must say. Oh, yeah. Me in too. the way, if you're starting to like the Kenny, there should be a quality where, well, Limerick obviously now they've won They're four the new times overdogs. Yeah, yeah. For a start, they still seem to be enjoying it themselves, which is always a good starting point. I yes. felt with Kilkenny, do they really, does it, of course it matters. Nothing matters more in, her, in hurting than Kilkenny, we're, we're always told that. But then when they win so often, is the joy really the same as something else? Whereas that matters more. It still seems kind of fresh. Yeah. I mean, there's, you've got Jurgen Kylie there doing his <laughs> celebrations <laughs> on the, the full time whistle. <laughs> or certainly post match. It was quite cloppy, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, it more. If Jurgen Klopp was a secondary school teacher in the Midlands, then <laughs> that's exactly what John Kylie. I mean, uh, that is what John Kylie is. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's slightly, you know. Yeah, there's more of a sort of a rustic bent to uh, John Colley's uh, uh, celebrations. But nevertheless, I mean, yes, Ken, uh, Owen, you're absolutely right, of course, on the celebrations front. I mean, nothing is more important than hurling in Kilkenny, except making great time on the way home, which was a major consideration for Kilkenny in, a, in many, many years. The 2008 final uh, went there with my father, Waterford man, Tony Murphy just to watch them all like Kilkenny putting on an, an absolute clinic and their own fans leaving with 10 minutes to go I'll tell you that, that they weren't leaving with 10 minutes to go leaving before the speech and the trophy ceremony is not the same as leaving with 10 minutes to go the 2012 hurling final replay of course uh, remember that one as well all heading directly for the exits I mean that it stings so bad and yet uh, so on, it is important that Limerick are seen to enjoy uh, the, their domination their fans are enjoying their domination a lot they're enjoying the, it was a, a lot. well it was a hell of a year a, a lot of people are saying this is their best one out of the four which you are probably going to confirm for me I would say that the first one you've got the psychological part to get over which is massive yeah. to win the first one in so long so you've got to bear that in mind well, that was 2018, I suppose, is the first one. Yeah. And then they lost in 2019. But, I mean, the yeah, 2020 the final the is kind of, it's the COVID one, which was, you know, Five. yeah, not not great. Mm-hmm. But um, 2021, I mean, they scored 332 against Cork in an Ireland final and won by 16 points. That's going to take a degree of beating. Uh, that was the final that yourself and Mark were at. Uh, slightly bowled over by the level of post-COVID enthusiasm. Yeah, you, that's right. Yeah, uh, no, the Limerick and Cork fans, fans really... Get, Gave it large. Not in the stadium. There's a lot of social distancing in the stadium. But yeah. shoulders were, were rubbed <laughs> around, the, uh, around the pubs. Uh, and then last year, they were in command. I mean, yeah, it's either, it's either that Cork final or this one. But I mean, the last half hour was just spectacular yesterday. Just genuinely unbelievable to it's watch. It's the year, though, isn't it? It's, it's, it's yeah. what they've done over the course of the year. They've been in a number of dogfights. Yeah, I mean. Come out the other side. Like, they were beaten by Clare, they drew a Tipperary, they beat Cork by a point in the Munster round robin, uh, won the Munster final by a point, were six points down against Golden in the semi-final. They were asked a lot, of, I think it was John Fogarty tweeted last night, they haven't led at halftime and full-time, at both halftime and full-time in the game this year. Which is yeah, really yeah, unbelievable yeah, for yeah. a team that we're saying is... It's absolutely know, dominating this, yeah. destroy it. Nobody else has a chance. It's a no, yeah, no, yeah. no one's going to give them a game next year and, and the five in a row is, is... You might as well hand it over to them now. They haven't led at halftime and full-time in the same game all year. That's pretty amazing. There was... I thought actually thought the celebrations, whatever about when he was up on the, the steps lifting the trophy, mm. giving the clop and all that kind of stuff. The celebrations when they hit their 30th point... The, the, this is an active thing for them. They need to, it's a target. They try to hit thirty, as in thirty points, mm. not not just whatever amount of goals. And they've done it now in those four All Ireland finals. Have they hit that mark? You could see there was a there was a a joy in that over and beyond the fact that it was the final point of the game between Kylie and I presume it's Kinnerk. Kinnerk, he yeah. was with him there to sort of mastermind coach. Yeah, they've hit they've hit thirty in all four of the All Ireland finals. And before the twenty twenty final, no team other than the aforementioned Kilkenny in in the 2008 final against Waterford they were the only team to have done it previous to that Limerick have done it four years <laughs> in a row not bad Yeah. all Ireland football final coverage during the week for World Service members only Ireland vs Canada World Cup preview on tomorrow match day is on Wednesday so obviously we'll be all over that for the next few days you can sign up now if you're not already a member on secondcaptains.com for only a fibre a month plus fat 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sport is a great thing, Parik, and especially hurling. Our sport, the greatest sport that was ever played by any man. They're getting their award today, mixed with this brilliant blend of youth, fire and enthusiasm and so thrilled for them, Clareman, rivals of ours all our lives. But you know, the Cranberries go up around Crow Park. Dolores wanted their own Parik, magic, magic moment for them. Well, it's a highly emotional scene. Oh no, my stomach is burning here, lads, I tell you. We've been so, we've oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Who's going to win it, guys? Limerick. Excuse me? Dolores! He didn't go to blow the onion bag off the back of the net. He went to place it to the corner. Limerick are on the brink of a historic breakthrough at Crook Park. Limerick better wake up here because Galway are back in the game big time. Proof to the top of the net. Is there any end to the drama? Is there any end to the drama? And Galway are within one of Limerick. It's hard to watch. Oh, man, I don't know what to say here. Could he possibly, could he possibly from two, three metres outside his own 45. The greatest sport that was ever played by any man. That's a massive ass. If you wanted one man in the history of Hurland to hit it for you, you might want it to be Joe Kenning. I think the long wait is over. How long is it against the wait? <laughs> well, since 2007. Well, 1973 is the last one they well. won. Limerick have it. Limerick are coming away with it. Yeah! Oh, yes, if the rest of the world only knew about this sport, this is incredible. Jamie Wall got the shite weather he was looking for and for a while we had the competitive match we were looking for until Limerick flicked the switch and put Kilkenny away. Jamie, how are you? I'm very well, Owen. How are you? Great, great. We didn't have your thoughts on Maliki on Friday. Maliki, so good to get them today. How are things? Um, uh, things are great. Things are great. The, the, the championship season is nearly over, so the things are fantastic. <laughs> for God's sake, Maliki. Jesus. A little bit more enthusiasm wouldn't go astray, you know. <laughs> what do you want from me? This is work. Where, where are you off to on the holidays, Mal? Looking forward nice. to it? I will, be in, I will be in Promenade des Anglais next Tuesday morning. <laughs> God, bless, God bless the split season. Huh? Yeah, big time. Well, listen, the, is it possible to continue to be entertained by a dominant team such as Limerick? I have to say, I thought it was the way they did it yesterday, Jamie, maybe all season, but particularly yesterday in the second half, was... Pretty thrilling. I thought it could uh, it could be like a procession where they have to go and win four in a row this year, but they still have the ability to make us feel something, which is not a bad testament to this team. Yeah, definitely. Like yesterday and the semi final, I think I think it's the kind of the like the kind of sitting there getting punched for kind of half an hour, and then the kind of the response like that you're just blown away by like you're just kind of like you're like oh I, I thought they weren't going to do it and then wow bang like you know the Nelson Muntz Moon River thing like it's just like it just comes in right at, and like god almighty the way they took over yesterday I don't think I've seen as as dominant a GAA team uh, in my life um, just incredible more dominant even than the Dublin footballers in games of consequence definitely and they play a lot more games of consequence than the Dublin footballers who would play two a season. You know, and don't get me wrong, like an incredible Dublin team, like, but, you know, their All-Ireland finals 
record it, equally impressive in its own right in the sense that they'd kind of get over the line against a Mayo team by a pint or two or a Kerry team after a replay and that this Limerick team have doled out three wallopings in all our finals like that's the biggest day of it all does that make this Limerick team the greatest hurling team of all time I know this is low hanging fruit and I'm prepared to hit it early on in this conversation today because my point um, being there being the Kilkenny is the, is the most recent comparison this the great Kilkenny four in a row team same argument with the dubs there. They only really had to peak for a couple of games a year. Look, it's it's very hard to do this whole across eras thing, I think. You know, the game is the game is so different. Like the game is nearly more like bloody Gaelic football lately than what hurling was at that stage. Do you know what I mean? Like the way it's gone. Look, I I think that any team, I think they weren't only a four in a row team. They, I think there was a, a nice smattering of other All Irelands thrown in uh, either side of it. So maybe, maybe still a little bit of a, of the way to go. But like certainly this this run of four in a row has been incredible. Like I mean, like three of the four All Irelands, three of the five All Irelands that they've won with this with basically this crop have been three of the five have been like comfortable on the scoreboard. One of the five you know, where they beat Galway in that very first one, like, you know, I think only for a bit of finishing line syndrome, they were very much the dominant team there for 90% of that game. And like, even last year's All-Ireland final, I know it was close on the scoreboard, two points, but like, I was at it and every so often I'd look up at the scoreboard and I'd say, how are they only three or four points up here? Why is this game not put to bed? Because I thought they were the better team for all of that as well and never, in my opinion, looked like losing it. So, I think, look, like maybe maybe the comparisons thing is like, you know, it's just it's a little bit of a soundbite in that. I mean, they're certainly just, they're an unbelievable outfit. Like, they, they just, they do so much so well and they do so little badly. Mm, sounds like you're still saying Kilkenny are the greatest though, Mal. What do you think? <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know and I don't care, really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shite question, Owen. Move on. <laughs> well, well, you know, like... What do I know Told about that in a long and a short way? <laughs> what do I know about the Cork team of the forties, like or the Tip teams? Well, just, the, no, just the Kilkenny team. Know. Just comparing them with that yes. Kilkenny team, that four in a row. There's only three teams that have ever done the four in a row, and, and we've seen two exactly, of them. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think they're. I think they're brilliant. I think they're just. I. I think I've spent all season on this podcast trying to find holes in them, and thinking the odd time that I had you know, discerned vulnerabilities that I, that, I, you know, even applying stuff from other sports, you know, when a great team is on the downswing and good other teams are on the upswing and this great team has relied on the same central cast of characters for so long and a few of them have got injured and they're only winning games by one point and two points and three points and that's that's not sustainable either and... For them to then, in the most important game of the year, and in the second half of the most important game of the year, just click into gear, was... It's as good as I can remember anything being in sport. Do you know what I'm getting at? That, that what, what I find really, really thrilling about them yesterday was that some of the players who didn't touch the ball in the first half who were really getting outplayed. Like, Gerald Hegarty didn't touch the ball in the first half. Paddy Deegan clearly had last year's final in mind and, like, went at him and, like, had him outscored, basically, uh, in the, in whatever, the 42nd minute. Um, Gerald Hegarty's second half was phenomenal. Uh, Peter Casey wasn't in the game in the first half, really. Maybe one shot here or uh, maybe he had one wide, maybe a, a, an assist, but thundered into the game um, Kyle Hayes thundered into the game I thought Darrow Donovan was amazing and that to me was the really fascinating thing that these players who were in an All-Ireland final who really had not made any contribution any fundamentally major contribution to the game just just the needle hit the groove and it is it is unbelievable to me that they scored 19 points in the second half and it's unbelievable to me that they uh, or sorry they scored 21 points mm, in the second half I was going to say half. it's really going to blow your mind when, they find, yeah. when you find yeah. it yeah. 21 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that after Deegan's goal they they won the rest of the game 19 points to 5 yeah. like in a half an hour of Ireland like it was just I I, I spent the whole year thinking that 
this was going to catch up with them somewhere along the way. And I was so completely comprehensively wrong um, because that second half was just, it's it, it, it was mind-blowing how good it was. Because the thing was, it wasn't even as if they, you know, like we go back and talk about the the Dublin footballers and the comparison doesn't really hold, but it, but it holds in some respects. But the one way in which it doesn't hold is that, like when we talk about the Dublin footballers, what was it that, that, that they reduced the game to. They reduced the game to being able to kick scores that any anybody can kick. So they yeah. basically get the ball to the 90% scoring position and they pop it over the bar. Just through relentless and methodical work and design. Um, Limerick's points yesterday were from everywhere. <laughs> They were for, Peter Casey scored two from right down in front of us in the Hogan stand, and then he went over to the Cusick stand and scored one from there as well. They were those points in the second half were they were it was one of those those moments where you know you hear sports people talk about flow state, and that's what it was. They were just they were scoring from everywhere. Their accuracy was off the charts. They scored thirty points from forty shots yesterday, which is. Unbelievable in all and, and the second half, Mal, specifically, they, they think yeah. they only had three wides and two of those were in injury time and they hit 21 yeah. points. Now, a couple of points drop sh- shots dropped short there as well, but yeah, that's outrageous. On, let's not forget, on a dog of a day with the point we raised earlier on and in a dog of a match where the first half was totally cagey. This is the thing. Yeah. It's not like it was some sort of free scoring encounter. They're in the middle of this vice like Kilkenny crip and then and we keep saying flick a switch. What does that mean, Jamie? Is there any, uh, how did they just suddenly go from being completely under the car? to being like to absolutely blowing their really high level opponents out of the water I, I'm in danger of falling into the same trap of saying the same things that all um, all, the, all the lads like Dar Donovan and Peter Casey are saying but it is actually that simple they just keep doing plan, plan B for Limerick is actually to do plan A better like do you know it actually it, it really is like and you watch you're trying so hard to break them and you just they just keep doing it. They keep doing what they're doing. They don't care that you're there. It's like you're an irrelevance to them. They're going to keep working the ball out. They turn it over and you get a score off it. The next time, they're going to do the exact same. Like, And to be honest with you, like it, the phrase flick a switch is probably wrong. It's, it's more that they're just kind of like, they're sitting there, they've, hit the switch and they're like the light is going to come on here like at some point like and, and you know like you can wait all you want it's, it's going to happen like I think the best example of that was if you remember um, the score Galan got which leveled the game but it basically like I, like, I, I mean this is the thing with them right I said I said when they went in a point down against Galway after you know that onslaught I said the referee may as well have told the two teams hard luck Galway you know this is over and this score that Galan got out under the Cusick stand side like, if you remember, Limerick tried to work it out the Cusickstown side, right? They had one or two quick, sharp passes. They came out. They went out the way. They got turned um, They got turned over. The ball comes in. There's a, kind of, there's a half sniff of a goal chance before it, right? So anyone else, like everyone up and down the country was saying, clear your lines. They tried to walk it out under the Cusickstown side. They get turned over again. TJ hits the ball in for uh, Martin Keown, who slips. You know, again, Limerick get back. Burns is scrambling back. Dan Morris, he picks it up. He gets nailed by TJ Reid. A, a kind of a, a Limerick tackle, if you will, if we, as we've been talking about for the last while, we'll say. Um, there were a few Limerick tackles again, in the, uh, by Limerick as well. It should probably be said. By, by both. By both, to be fair now. Um, a, lot, a lot of good, a lot of fine people on both sides. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was I going to say? I've lost my train of thought there. But like, so yeah, he gets nailed by TJ Reid. And again, you're screaming, you're saying, God, we've gotten, you've gotten away with two goal chances. Clear your lines. And no, goes across to Mike Casey, the cornerback, who flicks the ball up, barrels out through the tackles, gives another hand pass inside his own 30, and then they're out. And they, they're out, and then Hagerty sprays the ball into the space that you've been sucked up into because you're like, they actually will not hit the ball away here like, un- like until we step up. And then he hits it to space, Flanagan collects it and you see and it's the behind the goal of Galan's run it's just so intelligent like he goes out into that space like he's pointing before he ever gets there it's like give me the ball here pops out bang score and the roar like we were just watching it at home here just like oh my god what a score like and yeah, that's for me yeah, the I'm, actually, I'm, I'm actually looking at my notes as you're talking there uh, 
Jamie. <laughs> and when that point went over, I said the place has gone elemental here mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because it, like, it was just one of the you could feel the place shuddering. And it was one of those kind of 40 second passages of play, you know, where like the, the average length of a play in hurling is far less than that. And always those long plays, like when someone gets a score at the end of that, it's huge. Like Limerick always get to score at the end of those passages, you know, like they all, because they're relentless in that. Like, and that score was huge. Like, and I suppose like, that's probably why maybe the phrase flick a switch is wrong. I think just because it, they're just doing, they just keep doing it. It's just like, they keep going like they're like I think I've used this comparison before like you know, but like Skinner going after Bart through the kind of ravine like and he walks down through it and then walks back up and it's like, it just no stopping them they just keep doing the same thing and like even watch their play like we'll say anytime Kyle Hayes it's usually Kyle Hayes right but like anytime one of the Limerick lads collects a dirty ball going back there's just a hand pass straight away doesn't matter who it's to and like three, four players get moving. It's like a tra- the train kind of gets going. It's like fella gives a hand pass and he drives. And like you see them do it so often where like it's like one, two quick hand passes. But what it does is it gets everyone moving. Whereas like a lot of guys in hurling and I think Kilkenny fell into this trap a little bit. Like a lot of guys want to hit the ball. And like it's this kind of it's almost this kind of like childlike kind of thing that like I've got this stick in my hand and this ball and I by God I'm going to drive this bloody thing like and that's that's bet into us like from a young age like so it's very hard to beat out but Limerick just anytime someone wins a dirty ball or a hard ball he gives a hand pass to someone and you just see the kind of the cogs going and two three players are running off the shoulder and the pace they come out with like it's just it's it's incredible to watch like but like you see it if you watch the game back particularly we'll say you know when you're not as kind of emotionally invested in what's going on you actually just see it kind of so clearly like that like that this is clearly one of their kind of principles of play like so you see them do that but like you just see them do it the very same with 10 minutes to go as you do with 10 minutes gone and, and I think it's just a case of you break like do you know like you, you know, whether it's whether it's 25 minutes 35 minutes 45 minutes you know Kilkenny were only 3 points down with 10 minutes to go of normal time in this game you know we're here talking about it like it's a walloping and it was a walloping but like you know like 10 minutes to go Kilkenny are, are, are 3 points up or three, sorry 3 points down like so it's just it's kind of but they're just like it's going they're going to break they can't keep keep up with us doing this like and they're invariably proven right yeah that was the question i I was going to ask can i can i say can i say one thing about that and this is going to sound very churlish um and i don't mean it to be because i I, as i say i'm completely enthralled with them over the last five years but especially in the second half yesterday i would love to see how what they would come up with in a game where the throw was properly refereed uh I couldn't get over the amount of throws there were yesterday and not one of them was was called. Uh, and look, it's a, it seems like a very small nitpick and again, very, very churlish. But those hand passes out of defence, pick, picking their way up the pitch, is, so, is such a fundamental part of, of how Limerick get themselves out of danger, get themselves out of sticky situations. And God, I had Tom Morrissey down for maybe three throws yesterday. There was one where, where Mike Casey kind of jumped up and, and kind of threw it overhand. And they like, got a score I, from that. Uh, and they got a score from that and were in a really sticky situation, like trying to come out of their defence. And, and as I say, like, you know, Kilkenny had plenty of throwing as well and 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 John Keenan didn't pull any of it up either. I'm, I'm not saying it uh, as, a, as a kind of a specific Limerick thing, but it is so those little three, four hand pass in a row moves to get themselves out of a tight situation is such a such a trademark of their play. And I, I'd love I, I would love to see what hurling they came up with if like the hand pass rule was changed and you could only do it off your hurley or whatever the the various solutions that are being proposed probably something it. else pretty smart I would that's guess. what I mean like that's exactly what I mean I'd, lo- I'd like I'd love to see what, what they come up with because like it, it wouldn't change I don't think the who who wins the All-Ireland would change it would just be different start hurling mm. I get the feeling I get the feeling the referees um, not that they'll ever admit it out loud but I get the feeling they'd have kind of decided like 
F this, this is Congress's problem. You sort yeah. it out. We're not yeah. we're not um we're not going putting our head kind of on the block here on a big day like and, and getting pelters for it like because you remember the, the the troll was big in vogue there a couple of months ago, like that they were kind of saying, We're stamping this out, whatever, and there was chaos and the referees I say were just like, No, do you know what? You fix the fucking rule. Like we're not we're not being the martyrs for you like yeah yeah and I mean you know uh, Hurling's foremost let it flow referee retires after the game uh, yesterday I mean of all the days that a referee was not going to referee this one I mean come on we should I retire mean, all of them after the All-Ireland Finals yeah 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 it's can like, actually just relax like <laughs> it's like th- this is your goodbye present you get to referee the All-Ireland Final however the fuck you like no one cares <laughs> uh, yeah I mean it is it's true but Jamie that the the question remains right and, and it's it's happened obviously twice this this year Galway and Kilkenny in semi final and, and final after twenty five minutes they're six points up you know it, it's too similar for us not to talk about it what happens thereafter with those teams like we know Limerick are just going to do Plan A better but with the other teams is it physical tiredness or is it mental tiredness that just that breaks what breaks first the head or the body. I don't know. Like I, I watched. Like it's, it's like you know, everyone talks about the the third quarter blitz, and you know Limerick were so good in it. Like, but this what they kind of do in that close up to half time. We're we're talking um, Kilkenny. Like I think it's mental. I think it's mental because I think it was a lot of Kilkenny's mistakes against Galway or against against Limerick that that cost them. Or that cost them. I would say like, you know, they had opportunities to put three, four more scores on the board before half time yesterday and they didn't you know the own Cody goal chance I'd forgive him that because you know if that goes in it's a seven point game he's going for the juggler I like that um, but like the TJ Reid free um, I think Tom Phelan has a back foot shot kind of that goes These are wide, wide as well though. do you know what I mean it's like, like it's kind of like, baked into the thing though like that a team are going to hit a few wides I, I don't know I, I know that but it's it's ja- it's that moment before half time and like Claire did it too Clare had Limerick on the rack right before half time and they left I'd say three points after them as well and instead of going in seven, eight points up where you're kind of saying like we now control the game state here you're three points up and you're looking over your shoulder and you're saying God like why won't they die do you know and it was the same with Galway it was Galway was the most pronounced and it was the same here against Kilkenny it's like so like when you're on top against Limerick, you just, at the moment, you just, you can't seem to put them away. Now, whether it's the pressure they're putting on, you know, they're getting, they get back and get a few blocks. Like there was a brilliant tackle late on in the first half by I think it was David Reedy on Mullen um, in around the 30-yard line making a track back. You know, whether it's just this kind of like, this like switch that they say, right, we're going into kind of getting into halftime mode here. Like let's just kind of put the foot down here and see what position we're in at halftime. But like, Teams that have dominated for 25, 30 minutes and they're only going in a score up. Like, it's that soul destroying. Like, and, and game state is a real thing. And I'm like, I, I remain convinced of it with hurling and especially with Limerick that, like, you heard Derek Ling use the phrase, they get a run on you, right? Like, they were three, like I said, I'm coming back to this, they were only three down with 10 minutes to go. But watching it, even watching it at home, I, I don't know what it was like in the stadium, but even watching it at home, you felt hectic do you know what I mean you felt frantic you felt like God Kilkenny are really chasing this and like someone needed to say you know like the the Guardiola kind of you know the pausa the foot on the ball kind of someone in Kilkenny needed to say hang on a second we're only three points down here like Murphy was Owen was running behind the goal to get slitters and you're kind of saying like at that like that's how a team gets running you like when the team is beating you you puck the ball out fast two, three, two, three times and they catch the two or three of them, which Deimer Burns did two in a row down his side that he caught over his man. That's what, that's what a run on you is like. And in a three-point gap that you're like, right, let's dig in here for two, three minutes and see where it gets us. And then around 63, 64 minutes again, we can up the ante here. Like, you know, because the game is long. Instead, other teams just, they feel like they're behind and they go chasing it. Like, do you know what I mean? And when you go chasing it against Limerick, it tilts the pitch in their favor, you know, the space is down one side and they just pick you off then. And like, that's the phrase, get a run on you. Like, that's what that actually, that's what it looks like. It's, it's you frantic. And you're the one control. doing the running. You know what I mean? The, yeah, getting, exactly. yeah, get a run on you, but you're the one running. Yeah. They're getting you running is probably a better way of putting it. Like, you know, like, and, and I suppose looking at, and, and even, you know, I've only just thought of this now while saying it, like Limerick are great at not, 
going running after you, like, you know, like that moment before half time, like they don't, they, they don't go saying, oh, Jesus Christ, we have to speed this up and, and fuck it, like, you know, get into half time in a better position here. They say, no, every score that we peg off here before half time, that's one score closer. And this is a long game, you know, and like, they're probably just the best at that. Whereas like, you know, everyone else just kind of sometimes get a bit dazed in the headlights. It's mental, the, the mental side of it as, as well, though, is, is huge. Like, I, I, the the score that really typified it uh, for me yesterday was Garrod Hegarty's point, fifty eight minutes, and um, it was the one where Kilkenny thought they should have had a sixty five, and they should Nicky have. In Quaid fairness, I'm pretty sure, hooked it away out, but correctly whether they should or they shouldn't. The point was that Tom Phelan, who I thought had a great game, and in fairness to him, he was the only player on either side that was playing in his first All-Ireland final. Everybody else had had experience of the day, had 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 experience of, of, of starting an All-Ireland final. He was the only one on either side that was playing in his first final. And in his first half, he wired into it and had a brilliant game. Um, but when that ball went out for a 65, and whether it was or it wasn't, Kenny didn't get the 65 and he was turning and he was running out to the to the referee with his hands in the air going, come on, come on, I can't believe blah, blah, blah. And there was two other Kilkenny forwards that were like try, raising the stink and doing all this. And Nicky Quaid had the ball pucked out past them. And Gerard Hegarty got it in midfield and just turned and put it over the bar. And the 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 point about it was that they Kilkenny weren't doing that in the first half. There was no desperation about, you know, getting, you know, of course they were fighting for every ball, but they were all doing their jobs. You could see that they had a game plan. You could see that they're that they were, you know, huge intensity around the tackle, huge, massively getting in around uh, Limerick, not allowing them to work the ball out, all of that sort of stuff. But the mental tiredness of being in the middle of an onslaught like that, where Limerick had scored something like uh, eight of the previous nine points at that stage, and being so desperate because they needed they they needed that sixty five, they needed TJ to to take the sting out of the game, slow it down, score his sixty five, get everybody get set up for the for the puck out, all that sort of stuff, and you could see that was in their desperation and their mental kind of tiredness at that stage. And meanwhile, Nicky Quaid very calmly just stroked the ball out, um, like. It should have been called back. Whatever about the 65, it should have been called back. There was like a heap of players inside the 13-meter line. Like, But the ref at that stage was was in full let-it-flow uh, uh, mode and probably didn't appreciate being called whatever names the Kilkenny lads were calling them and just said, go on, go on and get on with it. And Hegarty strokes it over the bar from midfield, completely untouched, nobody around him. And... That to me is what you're talking about, Murph. When, when you're asking, like, is it physical tiredness or mental tiredness? That's like that's a mental mistake, you know. That that if you're if if the other team can score a point in two pucks of the ball, the length of the pitch, unhurried, both of them, while you're yapping at the referee, then you've then you're then you're then you're off. Then you're 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 just away from what it is that you have set out to do, and Limerick were never away from 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 what they set out to do in that second half. Limerick were just absolutely playing to what they are and what they know, and um, that was that was the difference. Yeah, and um, you know, Kilkenny did, you know, in 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 parts of this game play great stuff, and Owen Cody looked incredibly dangerous the couple of times he got on the ball. But again, it was even the Limerick's response to that was not to, you know, drop a man in front of him or change the man uh, that was on him. It was really, that's fine if he needs the ball, though. So we'll just deny him the ball. And, I, I you know, like strangling that at source uh, and taking Cody out of the game that way, it like like once once the vice got put on, Cody was uh, was effectively out of the game and it wasn't even his fault, Jamie. Yeah, and like, like they, it's again, like we come back to like, they're a group that understand, like it's like, honest to God, it's like they've got 14 or 15 coaches, managers on the pitch in the bodies of players because they just kind of, 
you know when you're on the sideline you're removed from the battle and that like you can be like look it's okay there's no need to panic here players score you know like someone has to score at some point in the game it's okay like you know that's going to happen and like it's not worth you know it's like their attitude seems to be and you you know you, you see it by the tallies we'll say that Tony Kelly picks up against them and different players like their attitude seems to be as if it's not worth sacrificing what we're doing to try stop one body because we just have to accept the scores have to come from somewhere and if this fella scores 15 of them that's grand there's only so many scores to go around you know and like their attitude is kind of like you know Cody's going to pick up scores you know and we just have to trust that like over the course of the hour and 15 minutes we'll say that gets played between added time and, and that that like we're going to be better in all the aspects of the pitch and by not compromising any of that you know there's only so many balls he's going to get over the course of the hour there's only so many scores he's going to get and like looking at the Kilkenny display like you know people have talked a lot about the resistance that they gave and that and they were decent to be fair but also a, a bit of it like some of it was built on sand do you know like you say like that Paddy Deegan score early on like you know he's playing with a gale he's hitting the ball from his own 45 it's like there's only so many of them you're going to score a game the goal itself comes from a spec let's call it a speculative delivery from Connor Fogarty that goes into a 4v3 and one of the Limerick players slips and it's like yeah you'll get one of them do you know what I mean but like that's not a that's not a game plan that's going to last for for the hour for the hour and 15 minutes do you know they, they weren't getting of, joy though from that that direct ball I mean they've got two points in the first half just from like basic long ball lobbed in and caught or at least maybe they, one was early in the second half so they were getting they, some joy from 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 the the direct ball at that point they were on but I suppose that that's kind of my point is that like you know Dublin were getting joy kicking the ball from outside the 45 against Donegal back in 2014 do you know there's only so many of them will will actually like you know you only you only hit so many of them over the course of the hour like and Limerick seemed to be just no panic kind of like yeah yeah okay grand good score Paddy okay grand you got the break there on and then and eventually it's like no but like we are actually going to mop up more than breaks because we have the bodies here like and over the course of the game we're going like this this will be fine for us and I think that's kind of for me is such an impressive thing with them like you know and like but like I said like fair enough they got that TJ Reid you know the, the long puck out to the opposite 25 to TJ Reid that he snapped and they won a free you have the Paddy Deegan long range point you have um the goal obviously comes from that speculative kind of delivery like but you know they're not playing with that gale in the second half even like like that's built that is a shelf life even of 35 minutes max that's even if Limerick don't get to grips with it like you know the elements are going to get to grips with it like so I think um, like I think just just looking at the way that they kind of you know would say like Cody's doing well here yeah he looks very sharp it's like kind of like we expected this that's fine you know grand he can look sharp and he's going to score whatever he's going to score 1-1 or 1-2 or, or something you know like that's that's fine but like that's factored it's like that's factored into the the cost of this like they look at it like business people like you know it's like you know that that's the cost of doing business literally you know it's like it's like they're all there with economics degrees looking at the feckin thing like so like it's um it's very, it's a very cold way to be talking about what it was an unbelievable display like i think you know the other the other thing that shouldn't go unsaid here like i said it on on friday to you that like the bad weather highlights the better hurlers and limerick's handling was a million times better than Kilkenny's. Like, you know, first play of the game, Mikey Butler hand passes the ball out over the sideline to Conor Fogarty. Um, you know, Tom Phelan, who had a great game, dropped a couple, you know, like, there was a couple balls into his hand that, like, you know, he should be just catching and driving on. And these are chances then that go from, you know, really good chances and they become half chances or not even a chance, you know, because the bodies are there. Like, and you're handling on a day like this has to be perfect. And, like, even allowing for, you know, we mentioned the throwing side of it. There's a couple of those Limerick stick passes as well. We'll say short stick passes that, like, we'll say went from Hayes to Morrissey, uh, Dara Donovan, Willow Donahue, all these, and they're like 15, 20 meters. They always go to hand. Do you know? Like, there's no bullshit touch on the hurley. Like, it's just bang to hand. And their handling was so much better than Kilkenny's. And, like, I don't really buy this narrative that, like, to beat Limerick that you have to push up, we'll say, on them. I, I think that's that's just I think that's asking for trouble like um, but I think certainly one of the things you have to do to beat them is you have to be as good working the ball out and as brave working the ball out as they are but it's all well and good being brave if your handling isn't at the level that theirs is at they're going to gobble you up and turn you over and get scores off the turnovers as well and I think 
you know, like, I think the bottom line is, like, you know, aside from everything else, Limerick's execution of the basics. Like, what I mean is, there's nothing basic about the way they're playing the ball and the way they're playing it out. But the actual, the what they're doing to play it out are the absolute basics of hurling. And they're nailing them so much better than anyone else. There were a few monumental individual performances. Dermot Burns, um, Peter Casey obviously scoring five in the second half. Maliki, uh, I think it's probably Keen Lynch getting most of the plaudits though, just given from where he was a couple of years mm. ago in the game and where he's come from the last couple of seasons. Even his interminably long post-match victory speech. <laughs> There's a charisma about him. I'm, I'm still listening. I'm going, yeah, we do have to thank the third statistician in the, in the backroom team. Let's give him a round of applause as well. He seems to be, like, he's, just, he's a towering figure in the game anyway, but it's always good to see someone, someone like that getting back to what, what they do best in the first half as well when his team are struggling. I don't know if, uh, if the TV cameras picked this up, but there was towards the end of his speech he, he before he had gotten as far as I think JP and the Limerick fans and all that there was a slight hint of the orchestra starting to play him off there oh, was yeah, a, Oscar a little bit of uh, uh, the <laughs> low kind of they didn't the low kind of music kind of kind on the PA alright wow. we all we all have trains to catch here yeah. you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, I he was incredible like um in uh, by half time, I had him down for he'd scored two points. He had played the pass for another two and got fouled for a free, um, which when Limerick were basically getting their ass kicked around the place, um, he 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 took on responsibility in a way that was so incredibly impressive, given how the last two years have gone for him. Like, he obviously has been trying to do that every time he's gone out in the last two years. Because we we kind of have this sense that, that he has missed an enormous amount of games over the last two years, and he hasn't actually. Like, okay, he missed a, a fair amount of the championship last year, but... Um, but he still played like the semi-final last year, didn't he? And and he was carrying a knock this year, but he, start, he started more or less every game for Limerick this year, except uh, was it the Munster final where he didn't uh, didn't play a minute? Um, so that tells you that, that that like he has he has been at a level at a physical level where Limerick have been prepared to to send him out to play, um, but he has obviously been compromised in some sort of way because that's absolutely his best performance in whatever three years I guess, um, and he was the Kane Lynch that that everybody raves raved about the when when he won his second uh, hurler of the year award um you know incredible close control absolutely as jamie said not no ball is dropped no ball is is uh, fumbled over um there was it was a darrow donovan's point um in the second half uh, around 50 minutes 51 minutes where lynch looked to have been bottled up by three different uh, Kilkenny tacklers and it wasn't even that they were they were physically tackling him but they had they looked to have cut off all all alleyways and laneways for him to get the ball away and he somehow kind of passed it back under his oxter out to uh, like a like a 15 yard hand pass out to Darrow Donovan standing on his own and you're just going how does, how does he how does he do that like how how can he just wriggle clear of so much malign intent from the Kilkenny defenders and still get the ball away. Um, and it's fantastic to see him because, like, he, he is... Like, the, the funny thing about that slightly interminable speech is that you could see it was... You could see he went up there to not just make a normal All-Ireland speech, as in he wanted to honour the people he was talking to. And he didn't want any of it to feel throwaway. And like that talks like that's that speaks very well of him. Do you know what I mean? Like that that, that yeah, fair enough. Even some of, I, I was looking around and even some of the Limerick people were heading for the <laughs> head streaming out, kind of going, All right, kids, you're right, we'll we we'll, <laughs> we have to get on the road here. But you could see that 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 that's the type of person he is, like that that he wanted to make sure that 
if he was calling out somebody's name from the Hogan stand, that he was talking directly to them and that it wasn't just a uh, by rote and it wasn't a throwaway thing he was doing. And Kylie was very interesting about him afterwards, saying that on the train on the way up yesterday, that he had basically taken taken it upon himself. He was walking around the train, making sure to talk to all the players, just little words here and there. And basically, you know, even though Declan Hannon was on the train, you know, but he was basically kind of, Keane had decided, right, this is, you know, I'm I'm sort of, I'm in charge here. And I, uh, I'm in charge of the sort of, the, the, the mental wellness of, of some of these people who I love kind of thing. And um, yeah, it, like it's great to see it for him because like he's been through, He's been through uh, two years of, of real shit, like, uh, physically and, and playing ability-wise. And uh, for him to pull that out at um, at that time was just, uh, was brilliant. Jamie, was he your player of the match? Uh, yeah. Funny, like, um, Peter Casey got, got, got the Man of the Match award and, like, it was, he's, he scored five points, we'll say, it was unbelievable. Keen, but, like, Keen got Keen for me was the man of the match when it was a match. Do you know what I mean? And like it's it's funny I say that because I think Peter Casey should have got man of the match against Cork um three years ago because or two years ago because or tr- yeah two two years ago wasn't it? Because um he was the man of the match when it was a match the first twenty five minutes against Cork. Do you know he scored his five points when it actually was a contest? Whereas you know this year was actually we'll say kind of the the reverse of that. Uh, for me it was Keane Lynch but like just like to echo what Maliki said about Keane like like I had him in Mary Eye for four years and like I can honestly say that what you said there Maliki about him is spot on that is exactly it you know um, like he is like he always has time for everyone and it's it doesn't matter like and I mean this like and it's and like really really quickly we were training one day with the Fitzgibbon and it was during the day and it was in January before the college had actually come back and there was a schools competition there was a, a soccer competition on for um, we'll say schools with, with, with learning difficulties for, for kids with learning difficulties and that and it was on in the college in Mary Eye and a couple of the kids had just kind of had come out and were watching our training whatever and they obviously they spotted Keane like he still had the rat's tail at that point and the red hair coming off the pitch and he sat down the steps in Mary Eye and he was there for 10-15 minutes and myself and Carmack one of one of our coaches were picking up cones and whatever and he just goes hey look over at your man and he just goes he always has time do you know he always has time and I'll never ever forget it as long as I live I just thought like yeah like do you know you were looking at him you're saying like that's him like he just sat and like he didn't even just stand there kind of edging me he just sat down and he was just there and like I think that's just the kind of guy he, he is like and you know within that Limerick dressing room I'm like I'm not surprised what you said there about Kylie about him, him going up and down the train he'd be the same like he'd sit down on the bus with his given game beside one of the lads who's like number 25 and he'd just ask him how he's getting on in college you know that like and that was like and then he goes out onto the pitch and like there's I encourage anyone that would say Murphy you're talking about watching videos of Peter Canavan like like my my kind of thing is is to go back watch videos of different Fitzgibbon highlights with highlight reels or say Fitzgibbon and Sigerson highlight reels and if you look any, up any of our old Mary I ones there's one in particular against NUIG where like we're under pressure and he just goes out and stands at number twelve and he just says you know to our goalie's like oh put the ball down here please and he just lands it down sticks out the left hand to pull your man off catches the ball wins a free puts it down and says Aaron put that over the bar like and just just that kind of like real doing leadership you know he doesn't talk about being a leader he doesn't talk about that stuff he just goes and does things and whether that's like going talking to people or whether it's actually like you know the fat is in the fire in the game it's like right what do i have to do here now to get a score for my team or to win a free for my team or to even assist to david reedy for my team and that to me is just like i was like i was thrilled to see him back playing the way he was and like you know it really it made the day for me like watching it so yeah like, i mean that's like he's just i i I'll, I'll bore people if I start going on about him anymore but like you know like that's uh, like I'm not surprised by any of it I'm just delighted that he was back to kind of being keen Lads it's been an epic season a little too epic for Malachy he sounds like he desperately needs a break at this stage so listen Mal we'll <laughs> let you go week, Mal. Yeah, good man about Bri- 15,000 words one more week in 15,000 words <laughs> brilliant so fair to the t- maybe a Dublin Kerry replay as well for you just Yay. to consider there uh, Malachy Jamie brilliant stuff all season really do appreciate it listen thank you so much Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Lion Live.
0818 551551 is our text number. And Joe at RT.ie from wherever you are in the world. Ken, good afternoon. How are you? You saw it. What happened? I mean, I actually was abused by a Dane as well. Mm-hmm. The night before. Go ahead. I was, I was, I was having uh, dinner after the, 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 you know, we finished our work or whatever on Friday, went into town, we were, we were sitting in a restaurant. Uh, you were a journalist. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. Myself and three other journalists. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point we were, uh, it turned out we were all looking at our phones simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Like we were waiting in a bill or something. Mm-hmm. And this Danish guy mm-hmm. staggered up from behind, sort of mm-hmm. suddenly leaned over the table and he goes, Go ahead. Is there a Wi-Fi? Is there a Wi-Fi in here? The whole thing, say, um, Ken, the whole thing is, is getting more and more bizarre. You, you didn't do it, did you Did you report that to the FAI or anything? We were like, uh, uh, actually, we're just on the 3G. Mm-hmm. Before we could finish explaining we weren't actually on the Wi-Fi, he goes, Wi-Fi wankers! You're all Wi-Fi wankers! Did he write because, this himself? Did he, we compo- were, sorry, did he compose this line himself? You know, uh, he all he'd seen was for... I, I don't know how he knew we were Irish, but he, he knew. A wet day, not a problem for the Limerick curlers, as outlined by the guys there. Similar weather put paid to England's hopes of winning the Ashes, much to your chagrin, Ken. I just didn't understand the news when I saw it. Like, oh, it's raining, so Australia win. Yeah, that's cricket. But why didn't they just play it today? Listen, I mean, you're asking asking the same question. I mean, listen... You you ask me what I think, I say, you know what the Irish nation says. You ask a similar question to Ken, and you know what the English public are saying, because that's literally exactly what all English people are It is five today. days anyway. It's not as though just one day has been set aside, cast in stone, as is the case with, say, a World Cup final or something, or yeah. a massive big sporting event. It's already a five. Day, and, but it's know, like weeks. It, they're, does, they're get, there it does get wet in the summer. You would think there could be, for example, Wimbledon famously went to a Monday once, the, mm. the Monday final. The Pat Rafter course. Um, uh, the, w- when will the Lord's roof? The uh, Pat Rafter one, I say. Everyone is, remembers Gordy Ivanisevich from that, <laughs> that final. Wasn't it Rafter Ivanisevich? Anyway, they the fifth did test starts on Thursday. So I mean, you know, obviously it's a very it is a very squeezed schedule. Push that back to Friday. Well, why couldn't they just play on Monday and then play on Thursday? Anyways, yeah. I I don't have. An I mean, they play play they play. <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, <laughs> But they couldn't Sunday. possibly play Tuesday or, yeah. I'm with you on this one. I'll tell you a bunch of sports people. It was very disappointing. I have to say, but I'm what is very the re- what is the reason for it? I mean, the, whatever, tradition. The reason you know, for not playing... Five, tra- tra- five, yeah. five days is, is, you know, five days and that's it, you know. And you, the vagaries of weather is just part of the vagaries of the sport So on the one hand you've got this whole basketball thing you're telling us about how the England captain and the coach are trying to single-handedly save the game of yeah. cricket by playing all this really exciting swashbuckling stuff and declaring when they don't need to declare and all, pulling out all the stops but then they can't actually finish a match because tradition dictates that it was raining today mm. and we can't possibly play this anyway. Everybody that's, would want to just play the game. Kendra and Judith. Anyway. Well, listen, if, if, if the Aussies are really entering into the spirit of this uh, Magnificent Ashes they offer series, a replay? they would say, listen, this retention of the Ashes is a complete load of bollocks. So let's just go retention all Retention just means drawing, right? It just means yeah. England can't win the series. So yeah, so it's like the Ryder Cup. Yeah. So if you finish level, then the team who won it last time out retains. So If England, if England win the final test, then they, they've basically won the Ashes. Not the actual little urn thing. But well, I mean, in the hearts and minds of cricket lovers like yourself and Ken Early here. I'll tell you a bunch of sports people that will soldier through any weather conditions, guys. The cyclists at the Tour de France. I mentioned last week how I was lucky enough to witness stage eight of this year's tour live. Mm-hmm. So I took a keen interest in the rest of it. Jonas Vingegaard, not a very popular winner by all accounts. Seems like he's a little bit too good. Well, that's one of the issues. Remember we touched on this last weekend. Do you remember the lead, th- those questions being asked last week when we were talking and the lead he had at that stage was 10 seconds. Well, he proceeded to... Um, Absolutely annihilate Pajakar. Uh, seven and a half minutes. So over two days it went from 10 seconds to seven and a half minutes. There was a time trial where he blew his rival away going more than a minute and a half faster on a 22 kilometre course. Mm. <laughs> it's a big, wow. it's a big that performance. Is a, that is a big performance. The Le Keep headline, Dune Ultra Planet. From another planet. You might remember that kind of language. Well, oh, it's, what they, it's what they say when they mean... It's, it's what they say when they want... He is an extraterrestrial. He is an extraterrestrial. I mean, the kind of stuff that was used in the Lance Armstrong days. Similar headline was used in, at one point in the Lance Armstrong days. The, if, there may be doubts. There are certain connotations when the likes of Le Keep use those kind of 
use that sort of phraseology. By the end of the following day, yeah, I mentioned that he moved on and, and crushed him in the mountains the next day, opened up a lead of more than seven minutes. Van Gogh continues to say, he's not doing anything wrong, I can tell from my heart, I don't take anything, I don't take anything that I wouldn't give to my daughter, and I would definitely not give her any drugs. Which is <laughs> just to be clear, I, I will never ever dope my daughter. <laughs> Which is good to hear. In fact, they're very squeaky clean on, on, on the team, apparently, because this is it's not just a doping question, it's affecting his popularity, right? His team is also rubbing people up the wrong way. For a start, it's a bit like the Team Sky thing where regardless of questions of the fairness, it's just the relentlessness. Unlike Limerick, as we're saying, we're saying yeah. we're still quite taken by Limerick. People aren't really taken by this style of victory in the Tour de France, just crushing opponents leaving them, you know, 10 seconds fine. But even at that stage, everyone was fairly mm. comfortable in the, in the idea that, well, you know, they're dominating. It's quite a, it's quite a clinical nature of, a uh, clinical way to win, win tournaments. And their team manager, Richard Plug, has stuck his oar in. He totally keeps... <laughs> Richard what? Plug. Plug? Richard Plug. Plug? <laughs> P-L-U-G-G-E. I'd say Plug. Uh, yeah. I'd say Plug, yeah, why not? So he totally keeps that Vingegaard... Is, is, he, is this man a... Is he a Northern European gentleman of some kind? He Perhaps Dutch or Belgian? I'm going to say... I'm going to say Belgian. I would say Plug. Sure. But Vingegaard... Uh, so he's Vingegaard's manager. He says his team's success was due to an extreme attention to details, which is something we've <laughs> also... But no, th- th- this is where it gets interesting, right? We were with the French team at our hotel during the rest day. We could see riders drink large beers alcohol is poison and when you're tired and you drink it makes you more tired this wow. did not go down well with the piss heads over at Rubana <laughs> FDJ their manager Mark Madio between, between rides yeah you yeah, like yeah. to party <laughs> what can I say guilty is charged Mark Madio so I'll just step out of the pub here and take your call yeah. sorry what are you yeah. saying to me Mark Madio slur Mark Marriott slurred. Who does he think he is? <laughs> Frankly, it's an exception. No. He says, who does he think he is? Frankly, it's an exceptionally vile attack on his part. Let him keep his mouth shut. It's an exceptionally vile attack. I don't intend wow. to see him. I don't care about him. I'm not going to go and see him. I'm angry. It's pathetic. I don't watch what he puts in his riders' bowls. Their sports director told Reuters, on each rest day, we have an aperitif, a light snack, before going to dinner. It's an opportunity to strengthen the ties and pass on positive messages or refocus some riders if necessary. All this isn't helped, again, in terms of the public image of Vingegaard and his team in France. But in fact, this is a French team. Their star is Thiago Pino. If anyone watched the Netflix documentary, this is the guy... To be honest, he was the only cyclist with any personality that I remember from that series. There was, that's one area mm. where it suffered a bit like the golf, but it was a lot better than the golf, it should be said. He had a great personality and the way he's a real swashbuckling style of cycling. You know, he'll go for a breakaway even if it's maybe mm. not the most logical thing to do. People absolutely love him over there. So obviously, our man, what did I say his name was? Plugge. Plugge yeah. was getting stick and his cars were coming under siege by irate French fans on the oh, stage. Yeah. Don't call our lads pissheads. They sure, they, they like cars? An, they like an apparel don't we all over here in France that was another issue actually all the fans causing crashes and stuff really seems mm. like yeah it's that there's talk of it being a Netflixification of the sport wow. it's uh, people trying to film themselves getting involved in the race but to be honest that was always the case I don't think the, I don't know if the Netflix thing has changed yeah. if you ever watch any of the outdoors stuff or a lot of those mountain stages there's always some yeah, mad stuff going on yeah, but in this case the, set, the uh, stage had to be stopped at one point a couple of there was a load of motorbikes couldn't get through the, mm. the fans uh, Pachacar himself was the victim of it at one stage so there's a lot going on in the Tour de France this year Ken is what I'm saying maybe right. it's a strange year for me to fall back in love with the Tour just as the <laughs> doping question and when was the raises last? its head once again in many ways EPO is a safe drug <laughs> <laughs> who, were the, who, who was the last earthling to win the Tour de France confirmed earthling oh, confirmed, confirmed earthling well, confirmed, earthling. confirmed. I mean, con- there are far worse things you I mean, can last put in your year, body. Venga, Venga Gard won, <laughs> Venga Gard won it last year. Poch- what a great voice he has. Yeah, Project Hart. Well, you should listen. It's he's, no he's, surprise. He's podcasting away. He's in yeah, the podcast. No surprise. Taken in, you know, conservative amounts. <laughs> yeah. There are far worse things you can put in your body. What is that? Is that all from the Oprah? Is that from Oprah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> might, I might go back and give the old Oprah uh, interview no, a watch for all time. Jesus, I was so excited uh, watching it. Within 10 amounts. minutes, I was like, this is done. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Owen. Oh. You didn't answer. You don't, we don't know who was last year. Vingegaard won last year. Pachacard won the year before. There hasn't been a it, there hasn't been a winner taken down in quite a long time. Mm. Mm. Does that satisfy your curiosity? Vingegaard was being described as an extraterrestrial by the keep. Well, he has just been this year. Yes. Yeah. But again. Yeah. He's not. It hasn't been confirmed. In fact, there is no proof that he has done anything the other way again so yeah you got to find proof you know I mean uh, there was a lot of proof with Lance and a lot of people weren't listening to willing to listen for a long time yeah. but we wait to see what happens 
over the next while with this character. Absolutely. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Kieran. Thanks, Murph. Thank you both. That went in a different order that time. It did, I no, I'd, it was weird. No, well, we'd there. already thanked each other. And Here, then I meant to ask Ken's you, actually, Kieran, but I never questions. got to ask you because Owen, Owen kind of swished along oh, yeah, okay. quickly. Well, yeah, you, you, you got to swish along. What was going on? A high pace. What was going on in the 1990s <laughs> in the hurling championship? <laughs> I was looking at it. Yeah. It seemed like everyone was winning the championship in the 1990s. Ah, uh, yeah. The Revolution Years. You should read a book about it. You should read uh, Dennis Walsh's book about it. Uh, called The Revolution Years. We Wonderful had, book. if I'm not mistaken, six different counties winning it? Or well, maybe it's only five? Well, I'll tell you now. Uh, Cork won in 1990, Tipperary in 91, Kilkenny in 92 and 93. Yeah, Offaly uh, in 94. 94, Clare in 95. Yeah. Uh, 96, then of course it was Wexford. 97 was Clare again. 98 was Offaly again. And 99 was Cork. Six counties. Yeah, that'll do it, all right. And has, there ever been a, has there ever been another decade where as many as six no, different counties? No, I wouldn't think so. And then when you include the fact that Galway won in 87 and 88, yeah. you'd have to say it's an unbelievable spread of winners in the, in one 10-year so period. So what was going on? Just a radical democratisation of, uh, of uh, talent well, around the... just have to just read the book. Well, is there any Dennis way we could just get back the to The revolution years. Uh, well, it'd be great, but I mean, we everyone, every other county needs to find a millionaire first, Ken. And then maybe we'll get back to it. <laughs> All Ireland football final preview to come. Ken still looks flummoxed by this. Yeah, we're not going to thank each up. other again. We know, we know the Ireland against. Well, it was uh, just what was the, who was the millionaire who underwrote Kilkenny's <laughs> empire? That was intergenerational uh, 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 talent being passed down. That's all, Ken. That's all. I don't know. I think there's a few questions you're not asking here. I mean, because that would obviously be better for the game. You know, if everyone could kind of have a go, people Listen, could get I'm, excited. I'm, I'm not, it wouldn't I'm, be this. Yes, we've won it. We've won it again, and it, and it feels just as good as the first time. And everyone mm. knows it's hollow and meaningless, <laughs> and everyone else is annoyed by it. You know, if, if you could, if you could just be happy each year for whichever team had won. Listen, it was like they're the all out there. They're all really trying very, very hard. It's just Limerick are bloody good. That's all, Ken. It's a problem. It is a problem. Look, for uh, everyone else to solve, not for Limerick. There's a lot of good stuff on the World Service this week. That's all I'm saying to wrap things up. All episodes ad-free if you become a member of the World Service. And the Second Habits podcast is part of the ACAST Creator. Uh, Creator Network going. Go It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important.